0: I don't mind being identified as a Christian in the sense that I try and follow Christ as best as I can to try and live ethically and morally. But I don't really identify myself as like Christian, I guess, in like the subculture. Oh, you're like a Republican or like you voted for Trump or you, I don't know, have a gun or something. I don't even know.
1: You're listening to Out of Line with Caroline Lee exploring offline realities with online personalities. Andy Barron is a photographer based in Nashville, Tennessee, who has lived and worked on the road touring with different bands since he was in college. He began his career touring with Switchfoot and has since worked with Foster the People, Hillsong United, and others andy is currently touring with chris stapleton so we recorded this over two sessions one in person on a stop in los angeles and one over skype um and so you have done um photography for famous people that are musicians for is that is that your official job title
0: I mean, I guess, <laughs> technically. Um, it's it's funny, like, anytime people ask what I do, I generally say, like, I feel like I'm just a professional observer because I kind of just try to stay out of people's way. I just happen to have a camera in my hand. It sounds, like, super pretentious, and I know it's, like, dumb, but that's that's how I feel about it. Um,
1: it's not dumb. It's cool. Yeah. Do you... But- so your your job is literally to kind of like document and tell the story of people who are known for something. Right. And and I guess, you know, like you've done that for years and years and you've done it for all sorts of different musicians.
0: Yeah. So, um, I mean, when I was in college, I was shooting for my college newspaper and um, ended up covering a concert uh, for a band, Switchfoot. Know Um And... <laughs> They were, like, one of my favorite bands growing up. Oh, my gosh.
1: Karaoke and to them still to this day. What song? Uh,
0: Dare to Move? Yes. Okay. Just, I don't know. All
1: my siblings, we go, to the, we go to the Max Karaoke in K-Town. Yeah. Where you can get multiple mics. Yep. And we all just belt it out as loud as we can.
0: I never even thought about karaoke in uh, that song.
1: It is therapy. It is therapy. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Do you know the one my sister did that made me die? Wait for You by Rebecca St. James.
0: Ooh. I... <laughs> funny we were talking about bands i toured with so i toured with foster the people for four plus years and cubby who used to play bass in that band is married to rebecca st james and she's literally the sweetest human on the entire planet
1: that's so great (laughs) yes so did she tour with you
0: yeah she was like on the bus with us
1: oh and like i
0: i knew who she was yeah from growing up in the church and stuff too and like so i just started i started working for them and she like could not be more sweet and like is exactly like how you think she would be she's just she literally would like bake bread for us on the bus we had like a little toaster oven and i at that point i had been on a bunch of tours with different bands and stuff and like it's usually just like dingy dudes that are kind of gross smelling all crammed into any corner of a bus that you can try to get people into but then we like would wake up and there would be like fresh banana bread and i was just like this is incredible.
1: <laughs>
0: but she's That's great. That's
1: so crazy. The world is literally so small. It's so small. I love that we just went from karaoke to Rebecca St. James to oh, she's your friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is gold. Okay, so scrolling back, <laughs> scrolling. Where were back. we? I don't even know. Okay, so working oh, with sw- oh, Switchfoot.
0: Switchfoot. So um, so I shot a Switchfoot show. God, we went so far down a we- rabbit trail like that quick. <laughs> started or I, I shot a show for them uh-huh. um, and then I, f- I forget really how I got it but I got a copy of their album The Beautiful Letdown
1: know it. early
0: for some, I forget how some illegal means and I just like listened to that so much and I was in like an art class at the time where we had to do like a design for a CD layout and so I was like oh, I'm going to do this one because there's nothing out for it so it's not like I will have any sort of anything informing what I will do, you know, trying to be very heady about it. Mm. Um, And so I did it and uh, had all my stuff in like my binder for school. And then I I met with the drummer, Chad, one day because after this show I shot for my school paper, I put the photos in the paper. Um, Someone from our paper sent it to Switchfoot's management. They ended up seeing the photos from my little college paper And Chad reached out to me and said, Hey, like, we really like these photos. Can we see more? So I went and met him at the In N Out Burger by my college as they were driving up to LA one day. And I had like my binder with all my negatives and my stuff and just like wanted to show him things. And then I had all the other stuff I was working on for my project in there. And he was like, Oh, what's all this? And I like kind of forgot they were in there. And I was like, Oh, it's, I got your album early. I probably shouldn't have it. And he's like, no, these are awesome. And so then I ended up making using all that stuff to make a poster that they sold at their merch table. What? Yeah. Well, were was, you
1: freaking out? Were you? like oh, were I, was you totally huge fan? Yeah. I was totally freaking out. I was totally
0: freaking out. The first time Chad emailed me back, I was so nervous. As I was replying back, I made some comment about him playing bass, and I was like, Oh my god, he doesn't play bass. He play like, and I was like, He's gonna hate me. Like, I, just, I just didn't know who he was, but Aww. it was obviously fine. But you were um, a
1: total fanboy that total became fan. their photographer.
0: Yes, and so. Yeah, so I toured with them for like five years, four or five years. Whoa. Um, and we this was before social media was even a thing. Yeah. We had video podcasts. <sighs> I had to I had to learn how to do RSS feeds and like an iTunes uploading thing. And like that was stuff I just had to like figure out on the fly. I was capturing D V tapes in the back of a bus as we we're moving down this thing and it becoming disconnected and having to redo everything and I I feel like such an old man like talking about like people on tour now be like kids these days don't know how good they are. Yeah, it. yeah. Cuz they really do. Um, That's true. but yeah, it was a blast. They were they were literally the perfect band to work with to kind of help me wade into these waters of doing stuff.
1: Were you even done with college when you got that job?
0: I so when I met them and all this stuff when I met them at the In-N-Out Burger and stuff that was like my <laughs> junior year in college. Okay. Um and so just anytime they were playing in Southern California, I would go shoot them. They liked having me around because I wasn't a jerk and like I could take a decent photo. Mm-hmm. Um, Two and good things. So, yes. and um, So yeah, I just would shoot every time they were in Southern California and they all live in, in California so they were around a lot. And then it was about a year after I graduated college, um, I started working. <laughs> I was working at like a camera shop and or, no, no, I wasn't working at a camera shop yet. I was working at one of those places from the 40 year old virgin where you sell your stuff on eBay. Remember that? Yes. I literally went and had my first day there. Cause I found the job listing and it said like photography experience. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I can at least make more than minimum wage doing this. And so I went and had my first day there and I was literally driving home from that thinking like this job is going to be terrible. And Tim, the bass player called me and was like, Hey, do you want to come on tour with us? And I was like, Dear God, yes, please. (laughs) So we booked everything that the next day, and then the next day after that, I was on a plane.
1: Whoa.
0: And I toured with them for years. That's insane. And that uh, was your full-time job. And kind of haven't really stopped. Well, I mean, when it started out with them, I was just kind of like on a weekly, they would just pay me like per show sort of thing. So I was very freelance. Um, But yeah, so then I kind of have just done that since. Wow. And that was 2006 when I started with them.
1: Boom. Yeah. 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 Whoa. Okay. So, and then since then you've you've also, you said foster the people.
0: Yeah. So I toured with them for, um, a few years. I was, I was with them the first, uh, the first night they had a, like a tour bus. I happened to meet up with them then. Um, and was with them for like two whole album cycles all the way through.
1: Um are we talking like traveling around the world? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
0: So I we went to Europe a bunch, um Asia, Australia, uh South America, all over. Yeah. But yeah, it's crazy.
1: That is crazy. Even with
0: Switchfoot we went international a bunch. Um so I, I feel like you probably have more countries done than I do, but
1: Yeah, well, I don't know about numbers, but <laughs> I feel like sometimes when I have friends that tour, mm-hmm. um they They don't really get to see the country, like when they when they travel and when they you know when they're they're sort of like in the venue and then they're in their bed and then they're in the venue and then they're in their bed. I've
0: been to Denmark, uh huh, but it was like a parking lot and a building. (laughs) Yeah. So I've technically been to Denmark, but because I distinctly remember that one because I forget what it was I was excited about doing that day, but for whatever reason I slept until like three in the afternoon, which I hate doing that like. I want to get up and, like, go do things and go see stuff. So I remember waking up and looking at my – I don't think cell phones were a thing. Yet. I, like – or at least I didn't have one in Europe. And I looked at what time it was. And I was like, that can't be right. And I went inside and they were all sound checking and stuff already. And I was like,
1: Denmark. I wanted
0: to see it. Totally but, blown. No.
1: Well, if, when – okay, so if you've been doing – if you shoot for shows only, mm-hmm. then does that mean do you have to be shooting for, like – the actual sound checks and like, are you doing kind of on, on stage, off stage?
0: It depends. I mean, for the most part, I'm, yeah, I'm shooting kind of like all day. Mm-hmm. Um, Like, like, so right now, uh, I work for a guy named Chris Stapleton and, uh, I'm kind of just shooting like whatever we're doing. Like, that's why I'm out here in LA right now is because he had an album come out yesterday. So he's doing like some press stuff. So like, we don't have any real shows out here, but just kind of, General anything going on, um, I'm there just to shoot.
1: That's so So, interesting. Okay, so you're literally like your job is to capture someone else's life, yes, right now. That's so like 24/7.
0: Pretty much, well, not 24/7, but like whenever, whenever they, whenever it's like an on day, yeah, but and
1: yet you have your own sort of following. From is do you feel like that? Is that from? because people like that you post people they know or is that have you ever had like a moment where all of a sudden people figured out about you and it was it they're following you for I mean you? does that make sense?
0: Yeah, no that makes sense. I I mean I I definitely think most people if they find me on social media it's because someone tagged me in a photo that I took that they thought was halfway decent. Which is great. Like that's I I I very much enjoy um kind of like doing that for people and like help like I know it it sounds weird but I just I really love like helping people kind of like put their image out that they want. Like if I can help in any way doing that like I love that. And so if people want to tag me in photos they post. Like some artists are very much like they don't like to tag stuff. That's fine. Like if it's me that's taking the photo, that's fine. Like if you want to do your thing, cool. If you want to tag me and like let people know who I am too. That's also cool. Like I don't mind, but mm-hmm. it's like you do your thing. I'm just here to kind of like help do what I can. But
1: So what do you learn about people when you're, when you're traveling with them all the time mm-hmm. and you're watching them on stage, off stage? Yeah. What's that like?
0: Um, I mean, it definitely varies on the person mm-hmm. you're working with or people. Um, Cause I mean, if it's like, if you're a a band, like you have an hour show, but then you have the 23 other hours of the day that you have to spend time on the road and learn each other's like habits. And like, like every band has one guy who's like the aloof late guy who like never shows up to anything on time. And one guy always has, or every band has the one guy who's really messy or like super neat freak, you know? So it's, it's super funny seeing that dynamic just with different, bands um so yeah that's super interesting and like just kind of knowing knowing when to be on and shoot and when to kind of like lay back and let people just be people Mm -hmm. um it's a weird thing because even like so last night i was in nashville i just flew in this morning i was shooting um a show a bunch of friends were playing and uh the girl who like brought me in to, to take photos was like, Oh, take a picture of this moment right here. Like, that'd be cool. But in my head, I'm like, Oh, I want to let them just like have their time real quick. But I also get that what was happening was like unique and cool. And I'm the person who's there to take the photo. Mm-hmm. So it's like this weird dynamic of, I want to let people be people in the moment doing their thing. But also if I'm the person given this access that no one else has that I need to like steward that well.
1: Mm-hmm. So what does that look like? What is stewarding, what is it steering it well? Or maybe even like, what is something that you would, you would kind of filter out and not shoot because you'd be right. like, Oh, cause I totally get that concept, but I'm curious to hear more on that.
0: Yeah. Um, well, I mean, everyone has like, again, each band kind of has their own way of doing things like, um, When I was with, uh, like, Foster the People, like, Mark would love, the singer Mark would love doing just kind of, like, crazy stuff backstage or if they were all kind of, like, goofing around and, like, knocking each other over, like, doing whatever, they would love, like, getting all that kind of stuff and just, like, be, like, rowdy backstage guys. Like, nothing, like, crazy, but just, like, having fun or whatever. Um, But then, like, I've been on tours with, like, Bethel mm. like with Will or like mm. other like Christian tours or like I toured with like a bunch with Hillsong doing stuff like that where it's mm. they're very much just like we want like the show is the main focus or like the the event or like what we're here for so they're like not as concerned with certain things but they want kind of like nice big wide shots of like everyone enjoying the night you know stuff like that so kind of like everyone has their like I was saying, like kind of their image that they're wanting to put out there. Um, So I think the thing that I enjoy about being with an artist for a longer period of time is like really getting to know that um, and just getting trust with them too, that they know like, okay, this guy knows what we're really going for. Mm. So they're gonna see, see them through that lens of like, okay, we, we want stuff like this. He'll he'll get that.
1: So. Mm. so it sounds like you've done a lot of work with a lot of more like either Christian worshipy people or mm-hmm. like conservative people-ish. I mean, whatever. I don't know if Switchfoot <laughs> is conservative or not, but I feel like they sort of...
0: I feel like what they would always say was, we're not a Christian band, but we're Christians in a band.
1: Ooh.
0: Which... I see what they did. It's pretty accurate.
1: Yeah. I totally hear that. But I feel like <laughs> I feel like there would be Christians who would want to claim them and be like they're a Christian band. Yeah. Because they write really nice songs and they say yeah. things about love. So yeah. have you ever experienced the like cliché rock star lifestyle and on tour where it's like sex drugs and rock and roll? Um, or are you with, like, people who go to in and out after their show?
0: <laughs> I think on the whole, I definitely lean more in and out than Sex, trucks and Rock and Roll. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's just maybe who I've been gravitated towards. That doesn't make sense. But <laughs> who I've, like, who's wanted to work with me, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's just because uh, there are photographers who will join in the party you know be the hunter s thompson of their group you know and like join in with everything and um but i think kind of maybe just the people that want someone like me around or at least me specifically are a little more mellow Mm. i mean that's not to say i haven't seen any like crazy weird tour stuff but um nothing like No, like jail, anything (laughs) 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 like that. Nice, (laughs) nice.
1: So then, so you're not, um, you're not dealing with like staying up all night and partying and like dealing with, you know, the, the cliche party Mm -hmm. lifestyle.
0: So every now and then what, I guess the, the band, I would think that would be like that the most, like, they're not like crazy. was the Foster the People guys love to like, they would do a show. And then go do a DJ set afterwards. Oh, fine. And be out. Like, we'd get back at, like, four or five in the morning. Okay. Um, but, and it's just, like, it's so funny because that's, like, not my scene at all. Like, it was fun going with them to stuff, like, just because they're my buddies. Hmm. But, like, I would never think to go to, like, a DJ set after a show. Like, I, I think I'm I'm old enough now to kind of know the stuff that I like and the stuff that I don't like. Um like even when you would like post all your things with Burning Man, I was just always like, you cannot pay me to go to Burning Man. But then you're like so excited about it. I'm like, is there something I'm missing? Like I don't get it.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. And and like you're you're a nine, right? You said you're a nine. Right? I am a
0: nine. Yeah. I, I recently discovered nine. I did it like two nights ago. Our friend, my wife and I's friend Daniela came over, and she always talks about the enneagram. She's like. That's all she... She preaches that to everyone. <laughs> and so she's like, I have the app on my phone. We're going to do it right now. And so me and Roxy both took the whole, like, 20-minute-long thing. And, yeah. Um, it was, like... it. It's weird because it's so, like, eye-opening. Mm-hmm. Like, you hear this description read of you that you're like, that is so me. It's mm-hmm. crazy. And then hearing the description of, like, she and Roxy and I, like, together. Mm-hmm. She's a four. So, like, her reading that description like me and Roxy literally started holding hands and were like crying because it was just this like formative moment of like, wow, they, we are known, you know? Um, but yeah,
1: no, that's so amazing. Um, we, Jaden and I have had that moment with, um, originally it was with Myers-Briggs and then, and then it was again with the Enneagram and, um, we I've never taken taken the test, but I've read like tons of books. Like yeah. I've read like the big books because right. people always said that, oh, it's really good to self-identify and it's really good to like know mm-hmm. a broad spectrum of what each type is. And, yeah. But anyway, um, Jaden is a nine and he... Um yeah, he's someone who I would say like wouldn't naturally be like, "Ooh, Burning Man, I want to go there." But right. when I'm like a very uh I have a 7 wing and so I like to try everything and I want to mm-hmm. go every, go and see see for myself. Like right. I don't want to I don't want to create um an opinion about something. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Start over. I don't want to create an opinion about something that I haven't gotten to experience myself because right. then I just feel like that's just weird judgmental like
0: whatever which is funny cuz i i feel like i'm like that also like yeah. i i know i don't know everything but i'm also like not one to judge about like if it's something i don't know it's just i think the idea of being in the desert in the heat in the sand and if I always have this weird thing of like, if I'm in a place like that with camera gear, I just, I'm thinking, okay, well, this sand is going to get in every crevice of all my stuff. So I don't just don't even want to think about it.
1: Yeah. It's pretty bad. (laughs) It's pretty rough on camera gear that I won't lie about that. Um,
0: Even though people think I'm there every year because there's a photographer at the Reno newspaper named Andy Barron and without fail every year I get emails from probably 10 to 20 people. Hey, I saw your photo from this. Can we use it in our service? Or... You took my photo and you didn't get my release or whatever. And I'm like, I always have to be like, it's not me, I swear. <laughs> I think it's just cause they search like my name and yeah, it comes Andy up. Byron.
1: That is a riot. Yeah. That's so funny. Well, Jaden says he likes it because um you can do whatever you want. It's what it's whatever you need it to be. So for mm-hmm. him, he's like more he's more like introverted. Not not like hard introvert, but he's introverted and enjoys like you've been talking about like developing more depth with someone mm-hmm. rather than like lots of different, lots of different relationships. He'd rather yeah. just like really get to know a few people mm-hmm. and um, sit sort of in that. And so he loves going to Burning Man with like a huge bottle of whiskey and, you know, just sitting around doing nothing and, and ha- having long conversations. And so um, we've been three times together and and there are times that I'm like really surprised that he likes it because it isn't necessarily yeah. his his sort of he's not Hmm. like a partier or like someone who's like let's go like diplo's playing it playing at the trash (laughs) fans. like he's like i don't want to go to that yeah but um he still loves it because it's there are so many other things to love about it other than the you know that one thing anyway i totally get what you're saying though it is kind of a yeah like knowing what you what you need and what you want and what you like Mm -hmm. and being okay to be like no i'm good
0: yeah I'm good. I'm taking a picture of you. Oh. <laughs> now that I'm married, I've learned I need to give <laughs> fair, fair warning.
1: Jayden makes me – we have a house <laughs> rule because I would just like take an Instagram story and then I'd post it and he'd be like, dude, you can't do that. You have to ask me. So now we have this thing where he's like, you have to tell me before you take a photo. I've,
0: I've learned the hard way.
1: <laughs> That's hilarious.
0: <laughs> Which now that I – Operate in that mindset more. I get it. Yeah. But like, I think I'm just so used to like traveling and getting at something real quick. Like if you miss it, then I like miss it. So right. I'm like, I want to get this thing right now.
1: Well, and you're such but- a photojournalist that I would imagine mm-hmm. if you tell someone what you're taking their photo, and right. you're, then you're going to totally ruin the moment because yeah. if they're naturally doing something and you're like, hey guys, I'm about to take your pick, yeah. they're going to be like, ooh. Mm-hmm. So. That's, that's funny. Um, so, okay. So I want to, I want to hear about, um, kind of like what it's, how do you maintain you being you Mm -hmm. and you kind of like showing up for yourself and caring about developing your own life and career and your own, your own portfolio, taking work that is fulfilling to you as an artist and a person. Um, and And how do you do that while balancing how your job is really like telling other people's story?
0: Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I think I get a lot of, um, fulfillment out of, uh, really like diving in with someone like that. And like, I mean, like how I am with Chris right now, like, um, I just, I really enjoy kind of getting to know people's quirks and getting to know the ins and outs of kind of like their world um, and just kind of being around for that. Um, like I said I was, before, I was I, I'm just like an observer and that's just how I've been. Um, so I think it's just kind of the perfect extension of my personality like that to do that as a job, just with a device in my hand that captures that for something. Um, so I think just doing that, what I feel like I'm like called to do really, like, I think I, I get a lot out of that. Um, but I also do, um, like I'll tell my wife too. It's like, Oh, I need to go shoot like another show just to like, um, cause even if it's the greatest show you've ever seen shooting the same thing over and over can get, like you got to kind of find new things to get and new angles and stuff. So um, taking other random work like that definitely helps kind of like kick the rust off of your like brain for like what, what you, how you look at stuff. Um, So like I'll try like when we were living in New York for a couple of years, like I would go out of my way to try and like look to see when friends were playing in town or like try and pick up random shows, shooting for something just to like kind of reset my brain and be like, Oh yeah. Like, other stuff looks like this. And then when I would come back to like the Stapleton tour, I would feel kind of like recharged and ready to like do that again. Mm. Um, So it's, I guess it's like some of both. Like I I really like kind of the diving in with one person, but also taking the chance to do other things that really helps um, kind of fuel what I really feel like I do best.
1: Mm. Yeah. That makes sense. I relate to that a little bit. The, the kind of the importance of fueling the creative muse within me so Mm -hmm. that it doesn't just get totally like shriveled down and die because all I'm doing is like poking it and making it make me make money um it's like at some point I have to give it some food so that it can
0: yeah
1: (laughs) kind of like keep going and being inspired
0: yeah well and and it's funny too like I um I even joke about that with Roxy like how i'll i'll take these like cool pictures of like some band on tour like this amazing thing and this like really cool like unique moment that i got to be a part of and like i feel like it's so cool and i'll like post it on social media and it'll do whatever it does and then like the other day me and roxy were walking around in a mall in nashville and there's like some wax figure of taylor swift and i went and stand in front of it and make like a Funny joke, and then that gets more reaction than like anything that I actually like try to do. Uh huh. And so, but it's, I love doing that stuff. Like, so what's something
1: totally unrelated to all of this that's part of your, your either life, your routine, maybe it's your, your, your how you stay healthy on the road that's like your life hack. What's something totally right. unrelated to your online brand of being? a musician, photographer, like tour photographer that, you know, that matters to you.
0: Um, I haven't been as consistent with trying to be healthy. I mean, I'm not like crazy out of shape, but I used to be a lot more, um, consistent, especially when I was with foster, the people, and I did that whole weight loss thing. Did they they pay you money? Yeah. Nice. Um, people are so confused by that. There was this thing where when I was with Foster the People, the singer challenged me to lose eighty pounds in eight months. And if I did it, he would pay me twenty thousand dollars. So I did it. And it was crazy and it was it was one of the craziest things that's ever happened to me, but I'm so glad it did, because it kind of like shook up my whole world, which needed it. Mm. Um so and, and when
1: was that? What year?
0: That was like five years ago. Um, four or five years ago. Yeah. Cause it was, it was, I think May 2013 when it ended. Okay. Um, I was yeah. totally
1: following you back then.
0: That's so funny. That's crazy. Yeah.
1: I remember you talking about it and saying, I'm doing this. What was it? The foster challenge. Foster Challenge. Yeah. yeah I remember you being like, I'm going to be doing this thing. And I was like, Oh, cool. Yeah, so that that's I've so been funny. around that long.
0: That's so funny. Mm. Um, yeah, that was wild. And so, like, I mean, even from that, just trying to get in, like, healthier mindset. I mean, doing that put me in a healthier mindset already. I mean, I used to be a much larger person. Um, and uh, not that there's anything wrong with being a larger person. But I think I I feel a lot better um, and, like, healthier physically and mentally. Kind of trying to be more consistent about that. So... I need to get back in that routine, but we are moving and packing up our entire life and moving from New York to Nashville. Well, and like when I travel,
1: I feel horrible. Like even if I'm trying to eat healthy, even if I'm trying to drink water, I don't know how you do it because like I'll go, I mean, I travel a lot, but... Mm -hmm. I try really hard to stay healthy while I'm on the road. And then even if I'm on the road for like two weeks and I come home, I'm always like, wow, I feel not as healthy. Like I have to undo damage. So I don't know how you do it.
0: Yeah. It's, it's crazy. I mean, a lot of, uh, people I've worked with, um, like when I toured with Hillsong United for a little bit here and there, um, they would all like work out together and like, they would like block out a chunk of time and do it. Because I think, too, if they're, like, in a band with, like, ten people and they all want to do it together, if you have, like, a community like that to help you.
1: So what's something that is, like, a reality of your life that isn't related to your work, Mm -hmm. isn't related to being a photographer for musicians, that is something that, like, really matters to you? It could be something trivial. It could be something serious. It could be that you're, like that you foster puppies and you have like 12 puppies at your house right now. It could be something totally anything that's just like, Oh, this really matters to me and this is why. And it's not something I post about a lot, but yeah, it's real. Does it make
0: sense? That does. Um, I mean, like we had talked about, like me growing up in the church and like, uh, I mean, religion still is like a huge part of my life. Um, my wife and I still go to church and, um, my parents are on staff with a missions organization um, and that still plays a huge part of my life. And I don't I don't post about it a ton on social media just because I feel like there are plenty of people who do and who, who do it very well.
1: Mm-hmm. Not
0: that I want to like deny that I'm a Christian or that I go to church or anything like that. But um, I think I would rather be one that just lives a life well that people would think like, Oh, well he's, there's something more about him or he and his wife's like relationship or anything like that. I like that. He at least treats doing this job with integrity Mm. and respecting the people he works with. Um, and yeah. And I guess I don't ever really post a ton about that. Um, but I mean, even like working for like Christian bands and stuff, like I'm sure people can pick up the context clues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> um,
1: yeah. I mean, I've never, I've never met you till today, so yeah. I've never asked you. Yeah. But I've wondered because, yeah, you do like working with Bethel and Hillsong and even mm-hmm. Switchfoot and yeah. Um, aren't you friends with Brooke? Uh,
0: Fraser. Yeah. Or Leggertwood. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think I see. I've seen you guys like comment on each other's stuff, and I'm always just like assuming that yeah, that's kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, but you're not like hashtag God's girl.
0: No, <laughs> it's funny you say that though, because my my when we lived here, the like small group from church we would meet with, like the girls and the guys would always like we would all get together, and then the girls and guys would get together. And their, like, group chat of all the girls was called God's Girls. <laughs> but, like, with a U and a Z. But, like, it was very tongue-in-cheek. Like they, <laughs> So when you said God's Girls, I was like, wait, does she know it was called God's no. Girls? Um... No,
1: I'm just playing into the cliches. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, That's awesome.
0: Yeah. And I even, in, like, high school, had a stint working at a Christian bookstore when I was in <gasps> high school. So I know all of the Christian cliches because I would see them on signs though, were for sale. (laughs) That's amazing.
1: That's so interesting. So, so then, um, so, and that's still a huge part of your life, which I guess, you know, living in LA and I guess a lot of the, the people I've encountered here or the circles that maybe I run in, there's Mm -hmm. a lot of like, I grew up that way, but I'm not that way anymore. Right. That's like the more common narrative that I hear. Yeah. So what is it about your faith that you haven't um had that be something that you're like yeah that was like a that was like a thing when i was growing up um and did you ever go through a season of deciding like did you go through a season of deconstruction and then no i'm i'm gonna stick with this or or have you just always been god's girl
0: (laughs) i'm god's girls um
1: (laughs) i'm just kidding by the way no no that's
0: fine um well, I mean, like, the school I went to, mm-hmm. it was the Bible Institute of Los Angeles, Biola. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, it's required you take Bible classes. So, technically... Oh, I'm, is that
1: what Biola stands for?
0: It just blew your Whoa! mind. Blew your mind right now.
1: Holy shit balls, y'all. Like, kay.
0: you know, okay, well, you know whenever you go to the Ace and you see that Jesus saves yeah, sign? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's from Biola. What? That's where Biola was back in the day.
1: Oh, <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Okay. I just thought that was, I just, oh my gosh. Oh. Blew your mind. I just need a minute. <laughs> Somebody get me my smelling salts. That um, is insane. I always thought that was like maybe from like an old church or something, but that mm-hmm. it was left there uh, it, like intentionally to be absurdist. Because mm-hmm. I mean.
0: It's LA. And it's, it's LA, LA and yeah, yeah. a big
1: yeah. neon sign that says Jesus saves on the well, side no, of. Well, no,
0: because Biola's first campus was at 6th and Hope. That's, I used to live in Hope Dorm on oh, campus. Oh, my it. gosh. Yeah. Um, but,
1: Bible Institute of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Shit. Okay. <laughs> didn't know it. Yeah. Now I know it. Great. Keep going.
0: Um, so when I graduated from school, just because I was, like, taking all these Bible classes. I mean, there were a few years where I didn't go to church. Wasn't, like, super involved. Um, I think just because I'd had so many years of it being just my like baseline of what i knew like i grew up going to church and being in like youth group and all that so i think going to biola was great like i loved it um but i think just having that be like part of the requirement it like didn't make me want to go to church on the weekends because i'm like oh i've already heard enough you know like Mm -hmm. during the week and so i think there were a few years there where i just not that i was off in my like Rum, spring out like going crazy or doing anything like that but just like uh I don't even know if I use that word right I just I watched that documentary about the Amish people who go off and like do their crazy few years and then come back you know um but like I never had like a season like that but it's like there was a while there where I didn't go to church and like wasn't really involved in anything like that and then I think um yeah it was just always kind of there and then um when I So I, after I graduated school, I was living kind of by Biola and then I'd started working with Switchfoot and then actually lived with Tim, the bass player in San Diego for a little bit in like an apartment in their house. And then when I moved back up to LA after that, I started going to a church up here um, that I really enjoyed. And it was the first time I'd gone to church in a long time where I wasn't like picking it apart. Cause I just being around the church and like going to youth group your whole life, you just have like all these preconceived notions about church and the culture of everything. And it was the first time I'd gone to a church where like there was literally no production. It's just like silhouettes up on stage and you just hear the music and it's not like a rock show or anything like that. Um, And I was like, okay, I found something I can like latch onto. I really liked it. And then, um, Tim, the pastor there at the time was like a genius and he's like, so great. Um, and so I ended up going there for a few years and I think that being at that church, like really just kind of like brought it back because it was like, I found it like on my own. Mm. Um, and especially like being older, you know, like not living like with your parents or like anything like that, like finding stuff like that on your own is obviously so formative. Um, that, yeah, it just, it felt right um and yeah so
1: okay so you found you found value in it yeah. um in your on your own and there wasn't any like you have to go or you know there yeah. wasn't any sort of shame attached to it if you don't go then no
0: because i mean i think i mean i know plenty of virtuous amazing godly even people that wouldn't call themselves christians mm-hmm. or like people who like treat others with respect and love and dignity that aren't Christians. And I know plenty of Christians that treat each other terribly. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I'm not worried about kind of if you go to church or not, or if you believe the same thing I do. Like if anything, I just want you to like respect each other and like honor who someone is as a person. And that's even like back to kind of like how I think about like photography. Like I want to, respect someone in their space and their wishes and kind of like how they want to do their thing. Um, and I'm here to kind of like help and do what I can. Hmm. So
1: what does it, what does your faith, um, provide for you in your, in your life, in, let's say your day-to-day life, or just in your relationships? What's the thing, the thing that keeps you going back for more?
0: Right. Um, I mean, one thing more like uh, practically it would be just like a great community of friends. I mean, I've met some of my best friends, probably all of my best friends, either through church or college or bands I've worked with and like we've kept in touch um, after the fact. Um, so I guess practically that and then I guess a more of a spiritual sense um I, I find myself like praying or, um, wanting to like learn and read as much as I can, which isn't a lot because anytime I read these days, I just like fall asleep cause I'm so tired. But, um, I think I just find a lot of comfort in knowing that there's something bigger than I am kind of in control. Um, and some people believe that's God or Christianity, and other people believe different things, but um for me, I think it just knowing that there's someone kind of in control looking out because I know I'm a screw up I know I'm an idiot um that you know, i i I guess that just gives me some some peace mm. <laughs> um, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's cool. So does it, um, does it ever come into, I guess, conversation or even consideration, um, the kind of wide category that gets the label Christian? Mm -hmm. Um, and do you have thoughts on the different ways that that plays out that, you know, You can be a fairly liberal person in Uh Southern California who calls calls yourself a Christian and can interact with all different people and travel around the world and absolutely be fine um, with being in the same space as someone who's different to you. Mm -hmm. And then like the opposite extreme of that would be, you know, maybe someone in the the south that's a white supremacist that Mm -hmm. says that you know god only loves these people but calls themselves a christian like how do how do you rationalize that and how do you yeah i guess how how do you feel about adopting that label that is so is adopted by so many different people that has that looks so different
0: it does look a lot different to the to a lot of different people um I think, I mean, I guess there would be a difference between, like, a Christ follower and a Christian, mm-hmm. especially these days and kind of this America we're living in right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just even on social media, I see a lot of Twitter bios with Christian in it. And those letters spelling the word Christian is the only thing Christian I see about anything on their page. Mm-hmm. Um So I think I don't mind being identified as a Christian in the sense that I try and follow Christ as best as I can to try and live ethically and morally. But I don't really identify myself as like Christian, I guess, in like the subculture. Oh, you're like a Republican or like you voted for Trump or you, I don't know, have a gun or something. Mm -hmm. I don't even know. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because I think like God would be a lot, God's a lot bigger than being just one specific uh type of person or like he's if he if you believe what he's saying then he's called everybody. Mhm. Not just uh white people who <laughs> are on one side of a spectrum or not. Um so.
1: Yeah. That's a, that's a that's an interesting <laughs> one. Yeah. It's super interesting and I love that you're I love that you're open about um, about it mattering to you and about it being something that is still relevant in your life because i think that um spirituality and faith practice is something that does benefit um a life whatever whatever that can look like it it definitely brings like you said community and meaning and Mm -hmm. purpose um and a shared language to connect with um with people in a deeper way and so um, sometimes I think there's a little bit of throwing the baby out with the bathwater mm-hmm. um when when people go through um kind of like a, well that's how I grew up and this is me now um and and sometimes I'm I'm like I feel like there's something there's another another way of doing things especially because as I watch people get older it seems like the pendulum just kind of goes from the right to the left back to the mm-hmm. right as time goes on and I'm like yeah. okay so is it possible to not just like swing so far that Mm -hmm. you go through your 20s and 30s and maybe even 40s just being like, nah, I'm good. And then you've inevitably like... And then
0: when you have kids, you're like, well, I guess we're going to go back to church now or something.
1: (laughs) It's so... (laughs) Like I'm literally watching my friends do that because they're like, oh, no, no, oh, no. That's how I was raised, but oh, no. And then suddenly they have kids and all of a sudden they want their kids to have, you know, morals or they Mm -hmm. want their kids to know that something greater loves them and all of a sudden it's like well maybe we should try to take our kids to like a club where they learn about spirituality and i'm just like oh my god it's it's happening so i love that you're honest about it and just um that you're fine to be to be what you are and to see the value in it yeah it's cool What's something what's something that's important to you now as as an adult And your do you have a daily practice? Do you have a weekly practice? Mm-hmm. What does that look like? Yeah,
0: I mean that's still something that I am trying to get better at as far as like um, I mean I definitely I just I just don't like reading in general. Like my wife can burn through books like nobody's business. And I'm sitting here like, I'll read like two or three pages and just like fall asleep. <laughs> um, um, but I mean, I, de- that's definitely something I, I've, I've gone through kind of seasons of being better about reading or not. Um, and then right now it's, I've been terrible at it. so I just, um, I need to get better, but praying is something I definitely, um, do every day. Um, whether it's for, situations i'm in or friends around me i think just even just to have them on top of mind like even if like i don't know now especially with social media you'll see like people gushing and posting things on like social media and like to one point i'm just like oh that's like why would you post that and stuff but now it's like that's the one thing i really do enjoy about it's like i do feel connected to people that i like um, know what's going on for them so it's like if I see someone's going through some hard time like I'll stop and just say a quick prayer for them um maybe even text them just letting them know that I'm thinking about them um and it's crazy like I've gotten texts like that from people before too I've just kind of like a random out of the blue like hey I'm just thinking of you like I saw something and it just reminded me of this and like um just thinking of you. And it's, it's funny. Like I'm sometimes almost like scared to do that just because I'm like, Oh, I don't want them to think I'm like, I don't know, being weird or something. But then when I get texts like that, I'm always like, that's awesome. Like, that's so great that, um, whatever prompted that to happen. So I think, um, trying to not be afraid to reach out to people. Um, when I, when I pray for them, I think is, uh, Another thing that I'm trying to be better at and try to, um, practice. Mm.
1: Sweet. Well, you can text me whenever you want and you can pray for me whenever you want.
0: <laughs> Deal.
1: I, I'll take any all... I see you go,
0: going to Burning Man. I'll just pray <laughs> for you. Please
1: do. Please do. <laughs> oh my gosh. Last night it was actually really funny. This is a side note, but, um, we went to hear Rob Bell at Largo. Oh, yeah. And um, and it was really funny because I walked up and a guy that is in our Burning Man camp was standing right there. And we both yeah. yelled, what the fuck, at like the top of our lungs. It was so funny. That's amazing. Because, I mean, I've seen him in all states and <laughs> clothes and not yeah. clothes. And he's literally wearing like, a you know, a sweater vest and like these cute little nerd glasses. And I was like, oh, my gosh. It was really funny. Um, I That's had amazing. Read, and he he actually was like, "I'm just here with my girlfriend. I have no idea what this is." And I was like, "Oh, okay, that makes more sense." <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, he's he was like, "My girlfriend just finished a book, and she's on Rob's podcast in like next week or something." And I was like, "Wow, the world is very small, so small. and connected." So small. Yeah. So that I was miss really
0: Largo funny. so much in LA. Oh, I
1: love it's so good. It's so good. Um, yeah. Has Kanye ever play, played Largo?
0: Um, he has actually really? Back, back when it was the small Largo, cause it used to be it used to not be a theater. It was just like a dinner theater. That was when I started going to shows there, um, cause friends would play like once a month. And it was just like a dinner theater. Like you had to like either sit at the bar and order drinks or order food. And it was just like a little corner stage and John Bryan would do his, like, once-a-month show. Yep, I went to see that once. Yep. Yeah, and he, it was when he was producing um, Kanye's second record, The Graduation, because he produced that, he just randomly showed up. Um, I wasn't there. I just remember hearing about it from friends who went, and he just, like, went up on stage. Him and Adam Levine came up, and they did the, like, Like just him on piano and then Kanye Kanye doing the song. And I was like, oh, well, that would be awesome. Wow. (laughs) All
1: right. Well, there you go. Um, Yeah. yeah. We went to see John Bryan um, do his Largo thing a couple of years ago. Um, And obviously I love John Bryan, but the night we, I mean, maybe this was normal, but like the night we went, I was just like, oh, wow, you are, you are just kind of like having an experience with yourself and we're all just watching you it was totally very, it was very I, ah, it was amazing i've
0: i've i've gone to john bryan shows where like i i 100 completely respect him and know that he's like a musical savant genius yep but like after a few songs i'm just like okay like i'm good yes and that but then i've been there before too where he had the full like projector set up with the DVDs. Did you see him do that? No. Oh my gosh. That was, that was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. He had two projectors going at the same time and a full stage set up with drums, keys, guitar, bass, um, and looping pedals everywhere. So he would, he would set like a bed from the DVDs, just like looping where you could see the visual of it too. And it would be some like old, like, 20s jazz thing and you'd use that as a bass and then go to the drum kit and record that and that was fascinating and like one of the coolest things I've ever seen but then I remember like always when I'd walk into a John Bryan show and it would just be like the piano and acoustic guitar I'm always like dang it yeah (laughs) like I want I want the DVDs and the looping but this is cool too but I'm like oh once you've had it like be the best one, it's like, okay, well probably shouldn't I probably shouldn't come anymore because it's never gonna be as good as Right,
1: that. right. But. Yeah, I think for me, um I think the word that I used to describe the night that we went was that it was a bit of a masturbatory performance. Mm. <laughs> it was just him just like going down one road and then it was like, Oh I'm gonna keep going down this road, even if no one's with me, even if none yeah. even if the entire audience is like what are you doing? Um, yeah. He just kept going down the same road and just kind of... It was like, yeah. I think for like five minutes, he just played like one piano note over and over again. And I was like, wow, this is fascinating. But I yeah. much respect and I love that I threw out Kanye and that he, had, of course, he's been there. Everyone's been there. Yes. That's why that's Everyone's why Largo's so great. Because it's like yes. so intimate and tiny and there's like a hundred seats and yet everyone in the world has yeah. been there. Um, we yeah. went to see... We went to see Pete Holmes there a couple of years ago. And yeah, I mean, he was like, all of a sudden it was like, oh, and by the way, Sarah Silverman's here. And like, oh, by the way, and all these, you know, big, amazing people just start standing up and doing tiny little stand up um, kind of little segments. And it was the best. It was so good. So,
0: yeah, some some friends of mine play there like once a month, um, the Sean and Sarah Watkins from they were in Nickel Creek. Oh, yeah. Um, And like I remember that that was the first shows I would go to there um and you would sit there and then they would be like and here comes Jackson Brown and he'd come out and sing a song or two and here comes Fiona Apple and that's like it's like what this is so bizarre but that's just like the Largo crew like they yeah. just all show up and come to each other's shows and it's great
1: so good i love it i i do love la um mm-hmm. so okay so tell me more about Kanye because you know Kanye i know is is a big deal to you so intro rundown someone's like what's the deal with Kanye anyway what what's your answer
0: oh man um my answer what's the deal with Kanye anyway um (laughs) I just think he man it's funny like when, when you texted me saying you wanted to talk more about Kanye I was thinking like why do I like him so much? I was was, like in a good way. Like I was just trying to think like, what, what is it about him? And I think it's just, he, he is unafraid period. Like he's just, he just doesn't care. I think what anyone thinks. And it's like, I, I love that in an artist. I'm sure like as someone who like, I'm sure someone who works for him, that's probably like, so frustrating (laughs) like he just doesn't give any fucks about anything except what he like wants to do or say or think at the time Mm. so like i love that um uh i don't know man like i just i've just always liked him like i remember even when i was in college and that first record came out i had jesus walks as my ringtone on my sidekick and that was, like, my f- favorite song. Um, and and even, like, I was never even, like, a huge hip-hop fan, but I just remember when I heard that record, I was like, oh, this is incredible. Like, especially growing up, like, listening to, like, CCM Christian music. Like, first CD I bought was, like, DC Top. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that's kind of hip-hop-ish, but it was, like, Jesus Freak. So it was more their, like, trying to be Nirvana album. <laughs> <laughs> But like, I don't know, that just, that album resonated with me. And then every record he put out after that, I was just like, oh yeah, this is incredible. Like, I love it. Um, and then I finally saw him live. The first time I saw him was on, um, I think it was the watch the throne tour that him and Jay Z and it was just so much fun. And then the Yeezus tour, I saw three times. Um, and that was, those are the probably the three favorite shows I've ever seen. Just I just loved that tour so much and then I saw the Pablo one once before they stopped doing it, but That's yeah, I don't know. i just So how many
1: times have you seen him in total?
0: Um I mean, I guess those five times like the Oh no, I take that back. Oh. I also saw him at a festival in Australia where he wore my jacket one time. I totally forgot about that story. I, I don't think I told you that story, did I? No. <laughs> so we were sitting, this was when I was on tour with Boss for the People. I'm sitting backstage. This was after I saw the Watch the Throne tour. Um, and a, a buddy of mine um, introduced me to his tour manager at the time. And so I met her on the Watch the Throne tour. And I'm, so this is like months later, I'm sitting backstage at a festival in Australia. And, um, this random dude walks up to me and is, he's, I'm wearing like a black Nike track jacket. It's just like normal black jacket. And he comes up to me and he goes, I know this is super random, but can I borrow your jacket? And I was like, uh, what for? And like some of the foster guys are sitting around me. Like, what are you talking about? And, um, I'm like, well, what do you need it for? And he's like, well, the artist I work for is about to go on stage and we just need a black jacket for something right when we're done, we'll get it back to you. And like the only person who hadn't played that day was Kanye. And I'm like, is Kanye West going to wear my jacket? So I was like, yeah, sure. So I just took it off and handed it to him. And we were all sitting there like, is Kanye going to wear my jacket. And then, so we go out and watch the show. Sure enough, he starts the show like on a scissor lift in the middle of the crowd wearing my jacket. <laughs> and he – so he – and he basically they, – they needed a black jacket be, to walk him out in the crowd so no one would see. So – because it was a black jacket with a hood. And like that was before I had done my whole weight loss thing. So I was like a much bigger person. So it like fully engulfed him so you couldn't see him at all. <laughs> and so um, – Yeah, so sure enough, we were like dying, laughing, just like freaking out. And so then backstage, the whole band had to leave to go back to the hotel. But I'm like, I want my jacket. And we weren't going to see the tour. in a. uh, We were on like a traveling uh, tour festival kind of thing in Australia. I'm like, we're not going to see him for like four days. I want my jacket. So I'm sitting backstage by myself. And I see the tour manager I had met. And I was like, Angie? And she's like, oh my gosh, hey, how's it going? And so we sat and caught up for a second. And then right then the dude who came and asked for the jacket, uh, who was her assistant, who I'd put it together right then, was like, oh, you met the guy whose jacket we borrowed. And Angie was like, wait, that was your jacket? You, like, totally saved us. And so she went and got my jacket and brought it back, and now I have my Kanye jacket. And you haven't
1: in. washed it since. I haven't.
0: I Are really you haven't serious? <laughs> <laughs> no, not, not out of any sort of, like, oh, I want to keep it like that, but I was just like... I think I got home and then it was like it was on that trip when I started like losing it's pretty soon after that where I started the whole like weight loss thing. So now it just doesn't fit me anymore. But I'm like, can't get rid of that jacket. It's my Kanye jacket.
1: Yeah, I'm surprised (laughs) it's not framed or is it?
0: It's not, but maybe it should be. Did
1: you take any photos (laughs) when he had it on?
0: I did. I had like my little point and shoot camera and I took one. I think I took a video of it and it's somewhere on a hard drive.
1: Oh, that's as, very,
0: as is, as is everything. Uh-huh. But, um, exactly. yeah, that was, that was a wild, I, I totally forgot that story until right now. It's so funny. I'm
1: glad um, you told us. Cause that is, that's the cherry on top. Cause I, I was actually yeah. laughing about this the other day. I woke up at like five in the morning and, mm. um, as you do, and I woke up really early and was just like laying in bed and I thought about the podcast, this podcast. And I thought about all the Mm -hmm. different people that I've had on. And I was like, what are the common things that people talk about? And one of them was, I I sort of actually made a little tally in my head of um, either people talk about, they reference the liturgist podcast, like Mm -hmm. randomly, like they'll just bring up some episode and they'll be like, Oh, you know, the race episode of the liturgist podcast or like, Oh whatever, yeah. and they bring it up or Kanye. Everyone, that's so funny. Everyone mentions one or the other. So you know, you gotta have. Well, it's, we gotta I have mean, more Kanye that just shows kind
0: of, of the reach that he has, and like the, uh, and it's like, obviously, you hear a song like he has, like "I Am a God." Like, even as someone of faith, like that, I'm just like you immediately kind of reel back, like "Ooh," you know, like that's. I'm like. I'm doing the, like, pulling on my collar, like, ooh, like, I don't know how I feel about that. Uh Um, But in a sense, it's like that dude is, like, has his hand in every part of culture, and, like, so many people look up to him, like, as a god. So it's like I get what he's saying.
1: Yeah.
0: That's the thing. Is like I I get his message, I think, a lot of the times. Like, I get what he's trying to do. Just the way that he goes about things is so, like, brash and extreme and like over the top that like I think so many people and like so many people of faith see things like that and just put a blanket like no like we don't like this or like we're anti this but I'm like if you you get to the heart of what he's saying like you kind of have to agree with him but he's just like so over the top about everything I mean even that like Jesus tour like I remember talking to a buddy afterwards and I was like I don't understand how he pulled that off because it was the most like extreme over the top tour I've ever seen but it was just so minimal at the same time and even the Pablo one after that like a floating stage over people with like minimal lighting looks as someone who like tours too I'm just like how did he pull this off? Yet I'm so engaged the entire show. Mm. Um, just how he can be so extreme and like maximalist and then minimalist at the same time is just—it's crazy to me. So
1: hmm. no. All right. Well, uh, maybe I need to go see him live. I've never been—I've never been a huge fan myself, but I do respect mm. him as um, someone who's got a real thing going on. Obviously, I mean, even yeah. though, even just how many people reference him as someone that they are inspired by or look up to, or, um, you know, who does give them kind of the, the permission to do it their way and to not mm-hmm. necessarily follow any certain set of rules. Um, he's, he's clearly yeah. doing something right.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's funny too. Cause for me, like I, it feels weird for me to be such a big fan of his because the way I operate in my like creative sphere, as far as like taking photos of artists like on tour or like at concerts and stuff, like I'm very much like a rule follower sometimes to a fault probably, but like, I just, I want to like respect people's space and like respect their world and like know that I'm just like a guest in it. And I want to like, stay in the background and not ruffle any feathers, you know, just being a nine Mm -hmm. over in the corner. Mm -hmm. Um, which I think it's so funny now, like, now that I've like learned more about that and like knowing what I do for a profession and like looking at that, it makes so much sense. Why as a photographer, that's like kind of the world I've found myself in. Um, that makes me think, I wonder what number Kanye is.
1: Ooh, He could be an eight. He could be a three.
0: Mm. Yeah, I don't know. But I think just seeing someone like that, um, kind of just being who he is, it it is kind of like, oh, well, as long as I'm being creative and being myself in the way that I am, like, wired to be. Like, because sometimes I see that or I'll see, like, other photographers that I know that are a lot more, like, brash and over the top and like extreme with stuff like do i need to be more like that but i think kind of as long as you're being like the best version of yourself in your sphere and what you're doing then that's kind of all you can hope for Mm. it's just his his is a lot more like loud and in your face and huge because he's kanye west but i mean I think that's why you love
1: him, right? <laughs> True. Well, yeah, and but for a nine, when nines are in health, they can look like threes, and so mm-hmm. you know, there's no. which is threes are the performer, like the mm-hmm. the achiever, the ones who are um, constantly, you know, getting it done. Yeah. So it's, it's possible to kind of play in all of that, in all of that space. But, um, I, yeah, Well, I guess I just need
0: to get a little bit more healthy then.
1: Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I mean, I think that you could say that there's a lot of what you do that is already three ish. Like, um, you know, you basically like carved out your own career for yourself while you were still in college and haven't ever had to, you know write a resume and go start over mm. and you know what i mean like that's that's a very free yeah. thing to just be like no this is i'm achieving i'm nailing it i've got my i've got my niche um that i've, right, that I've well. created for myself
0: I guess that's true. All right, cool. Well, now I feel better.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Try- I'm not here to make you feel bad. <laughs> promise, promise. Oh man. Um,
0: Therapy with Caroline. I know,
1: right? I'm. I'm here to make you feel <laughs> terrible about yourself. Um, no, no, I'm really not. So, is there anything? Any any final words or thoughts on Kanye? If anyone's like, yeah, but, or okay, but where should I start? If I don't, if I've never listened to a Kanye album, or if I don't know anything about him. Um, where do you, where do you start as a, as a Kanye noob?
0: I mean, I I would say start at the beginning. I mean, just that first record, it's, it's so, it's so interesting just to kind of see his evolution from, um, all the, All the way through. Sorry, I just heard something in the background. Yeah, I know. it's
1: Someone's, like, literally sawing right outside my house. Awesome.
0: Great.
1: That's what we want. Oh,
0: well. Uh, But, yeah, just, I mean, just from his first record going through, I mean, the first couple are kind of similar. And then, like, 808s, once it gets, like, to 808s and Heartbreaks, that one's, like, such a different, like, shift. And then, obviously, like, Yeezus is a very different shift. So, it's, like, I think if you go through the progression, I mean, you can see kind of the ebbs and flows of his musical creativity and even just looking at like his fashion through the, uh, (laughs) through all of it is too, is super interesting. Like when he went from the, he always talks about, you know, being the guy with the pink polo and the backpack, like, cause like his first, like all his first album stuff, he would wear just like pop collar pink polos and carry around, like fancy backpacks and stuff. And now it's like, I'm sure it's like whenever anyone looks back at old photos of themselves, you're like, what was I thinking? <laughs> like, what was I doing? Yeah. But you also have to like know where you came from. And stuff. so I always think it's funny when he references that, but, um, and then I know he was supposed to put out that Jesus, like a tour concert film. I remember there was like a trailer for it. Mm-hmm. I just want that. I want that to come out. Cause like that tour was like, the great one of the greatest things I've ever seen. As someone who takes pictures at concerts for a living, for the most part, like that thing like blew my mind. Um, so, if there's any way to just go on YouTube and watch clips from that tour, um, there's I've, I think I've I've found there's like a full. Someone went through and stitched together people's clips from different shows on that tour and made a full concert film of it. Mm. And I've sat and watched that before and it was kind of incredible. Um, So, yeah, watch that. It's fun.
1: All right. I'm (laughs) going to do it. Well, thank you for uh, sharing about, I mean, what were you saying? (laughs) Jesus and Yeezy.
0: Jesus and Yeezy?
1: I mean, that's probably going to be the name of the episode.
0: (laughs) At least put Jesus, at least put Jesus first. Okay. I think, that should okay. do that. <laughs> it's important you. Okay. And it's, and it's alphabetical. Okay. So, you
1: know. Okay. okay. <laughs> Got it. All right. Well, we have a game plan.
0: <laughs> Sweet.
1: <laughs> Stick around for part two of this discussion to hear a Q and A with Andy Barron about his social media practices. This episode of Out of Line was produced by me, Caroline. All sound editing, engineering, and original music composition by Jaden Lee. And a big thank you to Cat Footwear for working with Out of Line this season. Hit subscribe to get the next episode on your mobile device when it drops next week. And if you love what you heard, please whip out a review, will ya?